standing in front of a door. Huge. Seven, eight, seven feet tall is not a huge door. <laughs> Ten feet tall. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I just had a moment of you're standing before a door. It was very it was very no. Twilight Zone. <laughs> like I expected I expected Rod Serling to start narrating it. I'm actually in the town where Rod Serling grew up, so I might be channeling him a little bit more than uh, than I normally would be. God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a big plaque in front of the high school. You know, this is where Rod Serling went to school. And it was probably much more impressive about, you know, twenty or thirty years ago. Oh, that's funny. That's cool. You're standing before a door. On the other side of the door, the swirling cesspool that is the business district of Deva. In the center of the business district, a mysterious man with a mysterious package going on a mysterious route to the Twilight Zone. And that should be an adventure seed right there. <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, sometimes I just ramble. <laughs> You've been led down here by a man by the name of Ichabod, who is a librarian here in the University of Deva, or the Academy of Deva. What are we calling it? At the Deva Academy of Magic and Technology. The door leads to a section of the library called the Untamed Stacks. This is the section of the library that's, that's almost a legend. You didn't really know that it existed before this. It's one of those stories that people talk about having been there. People talk about... They know someone whose teacher one time knew somebody who had been near it and was never the same again. So how is it that you guys came to be here in front of this door? And we can either talk about it or we could flash back and like you could, you know, one of you could come up with a, a reason and then we could role play towards the reason, whichever you like. Hmm. I think I think maybe just explain it, since I'm sure it was rather uneventful. Okay. Other than the fire incident. Oh, okay. So we go to to. We don't need to talk about Geldor. We don't need to talk about the fire incident. Oh, the book nearly caught on fire. I think it's kind of important. Well, yes, but it was put out quickly. There was no permanent damage this time. Well, I mean, other than the scorching on the cover, I mean, it's fine, but... Well, it just adds character. So, anyway, we... Finishes the resale value. Well, anyway, so we we had come to the University of Magic and Technology and gone to the library with the help of one of my old professors who seemed to see me. Um, I think that's the best way to describe it. He, he seemed to see me. Uh, I wouldn't say excited. He at least didn't shun you when he saw you. Yes. And, and, and he was kind enough to bring me to the library under one condition that I prove to him that I learned something and I summon one of the books from the top shelf, which I did. It just happened to catch fire on the way from the speed slightly and that's and that's when we met Ichabod who well I mean he was impressed that I got the book he was less impressed that the book was damaged but again it, it wasn't permanent so what uh 
what is it that you're seeking in this this very very legendary section of the library we're seeking the locksmith he holds up back here or is this you need to do something so people can set up like is this one of those you have to run an errand for me so that I'll show you where he is kind of stuff or I'm I'm gonna say uh that Ichabod directs us to the untamed section because the last rumors he heard about the locksmith actually existing of him being within the untamed section. There is no actual confirmation that the locksmith actually exists. Nice. It's just a rumor. Like we could be, we could be following the tales of a madman right now. <laughs> okay. So Ichabod opens the door, stands to one side. He gestures into, into the room that lies beyond it and says, if you're serious about looking for the locksmith, he is somewhere in here if he is anywhere. Thank you, Wickabod. He he keeps looking over at the room on the other side of the door and looking at you guys. And, and you get the impression that he's not super thrilled about being immediately next to, uh, immediately next to the opening. Uh, Ichabod, what... Are... What, what what do they say about the untamed stacks? What's what goes on back here? Oh, let's add a very deep sigh. What's back here? No one really knows. People will tell you stories. Everyone will tell you a completely different one. Some people come back. They tell you that they've they've been in there for for days, and and I've barely left the room. Some other people. They don't come back for years. And, and as far as they know, they they popped in, nicked a book, and, and came back out. Some people go in and we never see them again. If there's magic to be found, it's to be found in there. You know, one of my classmates said that his brother's cousin's uncle raised a, an entire generation of chickens in there. Every once in a while, someone will talk about hearing some some terrifying noises. And they always say... Always sounds like clucking, too. Oh, the chicken dead. Well, I think we should go in. Okay. You walk through. You can almost feel the weight of the rooms laying on you when you when you first go in. It doesn't feel oppressive. It doesn't have that that kind of weight like when you were in the in the spire in the ruins. But this is this is a place. That that has some serious shit going on. It's like it's like the beginning of Ghostbusters in in the in the basement of the library, with the uh, the books floating in the background and the stacks of things that are somehow miraculously balanced, even though there's no reason they should be. Yes, yeah, it's very it's very quietly tense. Very uh, no, there's just like a real thick haze, sort of like decades of dust floating in the air. Yeah, it it has that that old library smell. It's a little bit of of accumulated centuries of people that have been through here and books that are getting a little old and crumbly. It's very opulent though. You can tell this place was very tastefully appointed in a kind of old-fashioned style. And when you go into the first room, there are Hallways leading in every direction that are lined with bookshelves. And you can see in 
most of the cardinal directions, there are other rooms, larger rooms that have opened up. They look as you would expect a library, and a lot of freestanding shelves in very orderly ways. And there are a couple of winding staircases up and down. What do you do? I don't even know where to start in here. Um, so we should probably explore this floor first. Sort of knock it out before we start expanding our search, right? I think starting at the beginning is a very good place to start. Great. So let's uh, let's just check out this room over here, and I point, I point, yeah, you know, like to what would be the east, and say, so let's let's check out, see what's what's down here uh, east over here. And you walk through, and this looks, this looks like like no library you've ever seen. It has the accoutrements that you would expect. Like I said, there are you know rows of very orderly uh, bookshelves filled to overwhelming with books. The floors are stone, very delicate stonework. There are all kinds of odd symbols carved into them. Sometimes there are mosaics. You can't even really tell what they are. They, they might be an abstract, might be an abstract landscape. It might be, you don't even really know. Whenever you walk through here, you can also hear footsteps in the distance. They don't seem to be mirroring you. You know, it's not one of those situations where you hear footsteps while you walk and they stop when you do. But if you're still for any length of time, you don't hear them anymore. But they don't they don't seem particularly to to align with you guys. Well, that's incredibly disconcerting. Uh don't investigate that. I want to investigate the footsteps. Okay, so you kind of look around. It's difficult to tell which direction they're coming from. Sometimes you think that they're coming from, you know, there's a, a raised section off to the side of the room, kind of a lofted area with, with more shelves. Sometimes you think they're coming from up there. Sometimes you think they're coming from somewhere in front of you. So what are you, what are you doing to kind of narrow down where they might be from? Uh, I, I guess I just want to... <sighs> Triangulate their location, right? Like eliminate where they're not coming from. See if I can get a sense of of the acoustics. If they're bouncing off like a wall here to make it sound like it's coming over there. Um, so this sounds like you are using your your investigate move. So when you take time to research or make inquiries about a subject, roll plus int. On a ten plus, choose two, and on a seven through a nine, choose one. And the options are you gain useful information about the subject. It doesn't take a long time. You take plus one for forward to further investigate the subject. And it doesn't come with strings attached. So go ahead and roll plus in. Nine. Aw, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can choose one from that list. Um, I would like to gain useful information about the subject. Alrighty. You do eventually, you can eventually figure out where the sound is coming from. And it's coming actually from that little lofted section behind you. It's coming from that little lofted section up on the side of the room. And as you step up, you see you see someone in very dark red robes with a gold trim to them. And around the sides, you know, around the around the edge of the robe, it has some markings uh, stitched in gold that you can't quite make out from this distance. 
it has a dagger strapped to its side and it's it's almost grotesque the handle of it is you can't tell from this distance exactly what the handle is but even from this distance it's disconcerting to see it really doesn't seem like it's watching you it's it's doing its own kind of research but you get the impression that it's at least keeping an ear out for you and you also notice that as it reaches up for a book the hand doesn't seem entirely human the the hand is the only exposed piece of skin you can see but there's something not quite right about it but from this distance it's hard to make out what uh hello I raise my hand and wave sheepishly. It starts. It uh, it did not hear you coming. Like it it knew you were there, and and you got the impression when you like when you stopped moving, it was stopping moving as well. So it at least had an idea that you were there, but didn't uh, it didn't realize that you were as close to it as it as uh, as you were. It jumps, drops the book that it's holding turns to look at you very quickly, and then runs off. I think we should give chase. I'm going to grab the book you dropped. It dropped. I'm going to chase after as quickly as I can. Who wants the spotlight first? It's like it. I, I, you know, kind of quickly rush up to the book, and I pick it up to see see what he was uh, looking at. Okay, so he... It was looking at. ...was holding a book that was called Savior of Greatness. Hmm. It's written in a very archaic style that you can tell just from from flipping through it. This would be the equivalent of picking up a not really an original edition, but one of those from the middle '60s kind of copies of uh, Gawain and the Green Knight, where it's not like you don't have to sit and really parse it the way you would something written in old english but it's it's very stilted and you know even from a quick skim you can tell that this is something you'd have to sit and and read deeply to uh to really be able to get any kind of information out of uh i'm gonna you know sort of tuck that under my arm and uh follow follow geldor uh and his in his chase because I assume he's already, you know, taken off and so I'm behind him and I'm, I'm shouting like, uh, uh, hey, you dropped your book. Uh, Geldor, you're, you're taking off after this guy. Yes. So he yes. runs through, uh, you know, he runs through an archway into another room and then off into another hallway and what do you do? I think I know a spell that could potentially seal the next archway in front of me. There is a very good chance that I'm absolutely remembering the wrong spell and I could just summon a seal. So I, I'm just going to say the the potential consequence of this is that uh, your spell could move in ways that you have not quite anticipated. And that's basically going to be the, the unwritten consequence of every spell that you cast here. Ah, but you see, I am a great wizard. So go ahead and roll pleasant. I say with confidence, as we see by the example of the glorious five that I rolled. So on a six or less, describe an additional magical effect in addition to the first one you wanted. You achieve both, and I will tell you how they go terribly wrong. Uh, Well, the additional effect would have been that 
if I had been misremembering the spell, it wouldn't have just been for a seal. It would have been for seals on wheels. <laughs> so, yeah, seals on wheels. Endora, you said you were taking off after them, right? Yes. You all hurry off after this this guy in the robes. And Findor, as you go through one of the doors, as, as you go through the door that puts you in the same room as Geldor, you hear this enormous creaking noise. This is just a, a booming sound. You can feel it reverberating through the stone. You spare a glance behind you. You see uh, it, it's a, a wheel that's... You see a wheel that's larger than the door slowly rolling into place, blocking the door. On it, you see a couple of odd symbols that all seem to... Symbols are almost a pictogram of something that's happened in the past. And that thing that has happened in the past, it involves some seals that look very similar to the armed ducks that you found in your last adventure. And and you take it all in in very quickly. It's it's remarkably well painted. But these are are seals that have a, a slick black leather armor on. They're carrying uh, fishing tridents as weapons. They are in conflict with those kind of ducks. But your way back is now blocked completely off. Okay, this is interesting i say as i I cock my head sideways looking at the 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 sort of mural depicting this battle that is both horrifying but strangely cute Uh, geldor you try and and seal up the door so nothing happens you can tell that something some effect came to pass the person you're chasing just passes through the door like it's nothing and keeps going well (sighs) That's a little disheartening. What do you do? Findor? Yeah? I'm not sure if we should try and head him off. Or if if we should try searching elsewhere. Oh, and go back. There's a big wheel in front of the door. Hmm. I'll continue to chase. Findor, what do you do? Uh, I'm going to... Since I'm so far behind. Well, you were you were in the, the same room, so you're a ways behind him, but it's not like you're not losing him, not immediately at least. Uh, oh, in that case, then, uh, then yeah, I think I will sort of turn back around and and try to catch up. Um, this guy's quick. As as I'm doing it, I'm, I'm I, I continue to call out like, "You dropped your book. I got I have your book, man." And out of frustration, entire I start yelling. You book. We we got the book. Just out of hope to get his attention. So eventually you run through another room or two. It looks like he doesn't know his way around this area any more than you do. So he turns and runs through through a door as he had been, and he winds up in a room that doesn't have any other exits. <gasps> We have you now. He looks around. He heads back out. He sees you two closing the gap. And he steps back. He waves his arm in a weird gesture. Some of the books leap off the shelves and float around in front of him. Hey. Oh, I had to try to grab one of the books out of the air. Roll a, uh, roll a Defy Danger Dex to see what you can do. Ooh. 
Ooh. Surprising eight. Yeah. On a seven through nine, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. As you reach up and grab this book, as they're all flying around, they start to coalesce. All the books start to gather in one spot. Slowly takes the shape of of a person. He is summoning up a book golem. Thank you for listening to Trust Me, I'm an Adventurer. Here's a moment to take a few words from our sponsors. Are you a user of magic? You use toadstools? Come on down to Toadstool Ted's. We got all the toadstools you need. We got big toadstools, we got little toadstools. You know we don't got anything else. So if you need some toadstools for your magic, come over to Toadstool Ted's. We'll get you hooked up with some toadstools, but nothing else. You didn't sell anything else. So go someplace else for that, okay? The ugly choice here is... So the first option of the ugly choice is that you are holding onto the book and you're now, you've got your one hand stuck inside the, the golem and you'll have to free yourself. And the other one is that this book will be uh, separated out from the golem. The golem will be a little bit weaker, but you'll have another still flying around, presumably aggressive thing to deal with. Your choice. Oh, I think it coalesces around my hand and I'm stuck. And I got to try to pry myself out. You grab hold of this book and and all of a sudden you your hand is stuck in the midsection of this this book golem. And the creature and and you can tell now it's a creature because it barks out a command to this stack of books. It doesn't make a noise that you've ever heard come out of a out of a person before this I, and it all sounds it almost sounds like dr zoidberg from futurama when it when when he uh makes his you know very octopusy kind of noises so he's like <laughs> points <laughs> the person in the robes runs off in one direction and the golem having a hard time moving cuz you're stuck to it so it kind of kind of turns so that it keeps the two of you generally in front of it. Uh, Findor, since you're right there, it's going to take a swing at you. What do you do? Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to, like I'm trying to pull, pull my hand down, then I'm going to take my leg and push it against his chest to really sort of get leverage. And at the same time, I have the book that he dropped in my other hand. I want to whack him upside the head with the other book as I'm trying to, <laughs> leverage my hand out of his chest. All right, man, that's a lot of stuff going I'm on. Like, right let there. go. I want it. Let me get <laughs> let go. Fendor, should I should I try the fire spell? Yes. Wait. No. <laughs> I assume I say too late. Let's say hack and slash. Cause it's uh I mean you're not really meleeing yeah. with someone, but you're you're trying to pull your hand out when it's stuck and shove at it with the book. So you've got two things going on that'll deal some damage. So go ahead and roll plus strength. All right. Eight. 
on an eight on hack and slash, you deal your damage to the enemy and the enemy makes attack against you. Take a point of harm because right now it's it's just kind of I think it's trying to shove you away and hasn't quite figured out that you're stuck to it yet. So, yeah, you you take a point of harm and you shove pretty hard up against it and you're not you're not free. You've you've made it look a little disheveled. What do you two do? All right, great. Um, I will swing my hammer sword at it and attempt to lop one of its legs off. Okay, you you know that uh, Findor is right there, right? I wasn't sure his degree of stuckness. <laughs> Can I? Am I able to hit it from the other side? Uh, yeah, yeah. Give it a shot. So uh, go ahead and roll plus strength. <laughs> hey, nine. Nine, nice. You run up, and it takes you a moment to close the gap. And you manage to take a swing at it, but it sees you coming. Its attention is still mostly on Findor, but so it uh, you cut into it, and it hits you backhanded, and you take two harm. Okay. Um. I, I, so I have my like one foot on on this thing, as I'm using it for leverage. I want to, I want to get my other foot on this thing so i'm fully off the ground leveraging all of my body weight against it to really really pull as hard as i can okay so i'll give you an option you can either pull as hard as you can and roll a defy dangerous strength or you can just pull and pull and pull and just hang on to the pulling as long as you can and uh, roll defy danger con uh, I will do. Uh, I'll do strength. Uh, and just see if I can just pull as hard as I can. Go for it. Not very hard. <laughs> it's only a four. Well, it sounds like whatever Findor's trying to do, the book golem certainly has it covered. You fail the roll trying to get loose, and you can either remain stuck, or I'm going to say that. You do manage to pull yourself loose, stumble backwards as you do because you're, you know, you're entirely pressed up against this thing right now. And you're going to land up against one of the bookshelves that are free floating. And you'll either, you're going to take some harm and knock over at least one of the shelves. Your choice. Uh, I will take the harm, fall back into the shelf and send a pile of books cascading down. So you have both feet up on this thing, and you you just give your mightiest tug. And for all of, for all of just a split second, you feel good. Your hand is free. You can feel it come free. And then you realize, this was not your best, uh, your best choice, because you stumble as you as you get free you know you you start to drop to the floor you try and catch yourself you take a point of harm as you hit one of the bookshelves when you do this thing rocks a time and then over it goes and it thumps into the next one it starts to fall over it thumps into the next one and it starts to fall over let's say six stacks of books 
all come crashing in a in a domino effect until you reach the middle of the room that has some tables set up to study on and they all come crashing down onto the table and the table just crumples under the the force of all these books and the golem when it sees all the books falling over and getting damaged and getting crushed it just lets out a bellow swings swings an arm at each of you what do you do I'm going to attempt an arcane blitzkrieg. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Twelve. Oh. Oh, I am a great wizard. Man, you are extraordinarily fortunate that you didn't fail that role. That would have been... <laughs> I would have had to spend a large amount of time trying to figure out what was going to go on there. Um, so you think of little bits of, of every single offensive spell that you can, you can come up with, let them all loose all at once at this thing. I, this thing just gets hit and gets pummeled, catches fire a little bit. It's swinging at you. And then all of a sudden it isn't because it just, it's kind of overwhelmed with what just happened. What do you do? I'd like to take this moment to offer a life lesson in this in this quite uh, extraordinary moment. Uh, and I say, I quip, you know, if a book doesn't have your attention after the first hundred pages, it's time to get a new book. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I pick up from the shelf uh one of the you know some of the books and i start throwing them at this thing that that's what i got <laughs> yeah so you just start hawking books at it it gets really really distracted you know one of the books hits it i think and probably catches fire because it it's on fire it kind of stumbles backwards it starts trying to smack the fire out on its on its arm it gets the fire out it catches some of the books as you're as you're throwing them at him after a while it just kind of gets overwhelmed it's it's trying very hard to not let one of the books get dropped and eventually it just collapses back into into just regular non non golem like books and uh findor by the way mark a point of experience for that that one failed roll and geldor mark yourself one too lucky 13 so what do you do i I'm going to reach into my gadget belt, and I am going to see if I can find one of my older gadgets, which was a glove that could start fires. I didn't use it much for a reason. Aha! My fire glove! And I'm going to attempt to burn the books to make sure they can't attack us further. Okay, so this is your other playbook, your Artificer playbook and you have a gadget belt containing three arcane gadgets and let, let's take a look at let me just read the whole move you have a gadget belt containing three arcane gadgets all gadgets are one weight and have a range tag if appropriate for each gadget you own pick one from the list so magnetic ectoplasmic steam pyromatic clockwork alchemic mm -hmm. um, beam propulsion emitter field shielding diffuser amplification explosion reversal Glove, torch, device, belt, flask, goggle, rod, cannon, boots, golem, trinket, suit. Uh, piercing two, forceful two, plus two armor versus something, alternate movement, or elemental. 
When you take a short break to recharge and fine-tune your gadgets, set your charge to three. This charge is used to power your gadgets. When you use one of the gadgets as a weapon, you can spend one charge to roll plus int instead of plus strength or dex. When you use one of your gadgets to volley, if you would mark ammo, spend one charge instead. And when you have less than three gadgets or want to replace one of your existing gadgets for any reason, you can make a replacement by spending a day or so in a workshop. Uh, the upshot of all that is that you have a... Uh, describe this this glove. Uh, it's a glove with essentially like what looks like a puffed sleeve going around the wrist. It contains the fuel. Uh, and on the fingertips, uh, it has... It has small open tips that can spray flame. I can only use it in short bursts because the entire glove gets very, very hot as it is metal. It was not a wise design choice. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, you can spend a charge to uh, to burn these books if you want. I would like to, yes. Alrighty. Findor, what do you do? I, uh, sure that I'm like wait 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 before you do that, and I I take my time to neatly pile all of the uh, books in like a circle that's separate from anything else that might potentially catch on fire at this exact moment, so we do not burn to death in this room which we are somewhat trapped in. <laughs> so these these books burn up, and uh, what do you do afterwards? Go in to confront the man who's just he's just uh, he's just a he's just a bastard man uh, he's run off uh, well he's even more of a bastard man i think we should you know i don't know where we are where are we how far have, have we gone in into this thing so you've probably run you probably run through about 10 rooms now a little apprehensive about this hmm go back or do we keep going forward Gildor? I'm not sure we can go back because I think the wheels might still be blocking our way. I think we're going to have to go forward. I think you're right. All right. Well, I, I, I want to go forward in the direction the robed man went in the hopes that we... You're fairly certain that you know the direction that he's going. As you walk through, you start to come through a couple of different types of rooms. Whereas before, you were pretty much in these these large library rooms. And occasionally you'd have a, a hallway that connects them. Now you start to pass through things that are a little more... They almost kind of look like, like these might be places where, where researchers or students or whoever had used these rooms before settled in for extended periods. You know, these, these look like rooms that... They're very definitely research rooms. They're they're designed for someone to bring a stack of books to and work on on some kind of material. But they're they're not uniform. They're they're all designed with different design aesthetics, different different workflows. And then you come to a couple of rooms that look almost like large lounges. These are rooms that they don't have any real books in them. They have some end tables. They have some extremely comfortable looking pieces of furniture. And most of them have a sideboard that remarkably has some food on it that looks perfectly edible. How long do you keep going? Like, do you just keep wandering through rooms or? I definitely think that as we're wandering through, I see these these pieces of furniture and 
having somewhat exhausted myself in uh, the chase and fight. I think we should I sit and eat that food. And, yeah. Well, let's think about the food part. Let's definitely sit and let's talk the food over. I, I was hoping you would do that because the library has a custom move called Arcane Sanctuary. And when you take a short rest in the Arcane Sanctuary, roll plus wisdom. So both of you roll plus whiz. Oh, fine. Oh, I got a five. I got an 11. So Geldor, mark yourself point of experience. And on a 10 plus, choose three. On a seven through a nine, choose one. So, uh, Findor, you got a 10 plus, so you get to pick three of these. Uh, number one is you recover as if you had rested for three days. Number two is you eat and drink to your fill and collect three rations. Uh, number three is you experience a vision. And number four is you do not collapse into a mystical sleep. I definitely don't want to collapse into a mystical sleep. Uh... I think I could go for some rations. I don't. Uh, yeah, let's let's take some of that. Let me mark that down. I'm gonna yeah. Mark down yeah, we mark. haven't really done anything with yeah. with general adventuring equipment, but let's let's add a little bit of that in rations. I don't know what this is. What is this? Tags? Oh. Yeah, for rations, you don't. Need and I would tags. love to experience. Uh, I would love to experience a vision. That sounds wonderful. Okay, so you sit there. You eventually just cannot resist the lure of that food. It uh, smells pretty good. It all looks very fresh. And the two of you sit and eat. And eventually you... Your your fatigue takes over and you start to daydream a little bit. And so tell me, your grandfather was very, very afraid of the fairy. Why is that? 